This is Weston. And this is Melody. And, and this, this is, is The Bullseye. Today, we're joined here by our lovely guests. I'm Riley. And I'm Eva. And today, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary of The Bullseye. I, I, I hope that you guys are having a good day today. I've had an all right day. Yeah, pretty much. I crashed my car this day. morning and then- Oh, nice. I'm sorry? <laughs> several car pile up, it's okay. Oh, okay. I'm okay, at least. Any, yeah. any survivors? I'm sure that's no. Matters, right? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I'm the only one, oh. so I guess one. Okay. And uh, Eva, how was your day today? It was pretty good, pretty chill, you know. Just going through life. Just going through life. Going through life. And Weston, how are things going with you? Uh, pretty good. You know, I've been stressed with the <clears throat> the work this week, but I think it's it, it might it might all come around. Yeah, relatable. Uh, might. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty. You know, I'm pretty exhausted myself. I just got out of an ACT essay practice, which Ooh. is mm -hmm. not the most that exciting thing to happen all day. Oh, I agree. I yep. absolutely agree. I'm kind of frustrated. The only reason I couldn't actually finish it is because, like, fit my fit hand physically can't write fast enough. Yeah, and every time I start to write, like, I immediately get a song stuck in my head, <laughs> and then I can only think about the song. Like, during the SAT practice, I was thinking of Through the Wire by Kanye West. Oh my gosh, no, when I do that, I think of this really cool song. It's what called is... Miss Rose by Royalty. Oh. Um, available on the new album, The Upside, now on all okay. streaming services. That's Which right, guys. You heard it here for the first time out of the multiple yeah, not times the only today. Time. <laughs> all right. It would not be the last. So we, I understand that you guys produce your own music and you've done covers of songs throughout the years. So my question to you is, what does that creative process look like for you? Well, I kind of just sit down and lyrics just kind of come to me and it just kind of happens. Mm. I don't, it's usually it's unplanned. Like I'm not looking to write, but, oh, yeah. and then just words just start popping in my head. I'm like, okay, it just flows. That's pretty yeah. cool. Some, yeah, I've had some experience with that myself actually. And uh, yeah, some like sometimes lyrics just come to you at the most random uh, parts, and right. you kind of got to count on having a piece of paper with you to write it down. Right. For you, is it like more like poetry, or do you just you know think of a word and then go from there? It's more of an emotion. It's more of how I'm feeling at that moment, and then the feeling kind of inspires me, and I expand on it and go deeper, and yeah. Wow, that's actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, have you like released your, any of your own songs? I haven't yet, but I am hoping to very soon. Um, Ooh. I think I have some good stuff. That's cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, we're all very excited. Um, for me, it's really just whenever I can, same. You yeah. Know, um, originally, music started out for me as a coping mechanism to deal with things I couldn't understand. Mm. Yeah. So every song really just started with a question I was really trying to figure out, like, um, what's the purpose of waking up every morning? or you know, why do I feel like this all the time? And it was m more or less just a way of understanding myself. So mm. at this stage though, where I'm pretty content with everything that's going on in my life, I, I have to sit down and think about yeah. what's going on. And, you know, whenever I start thinking, it just kind of floods. So I will have like spurts of creative energy where I'll write like five to six songs in a night. Wow. And then sometimes mm. um, I'll write none. Wish I could be that productive, but no, it's. <laughs> it, it, I'll stay up to like five in the morning some nights, just writing and recording, and it's it's really just a whenever I can physically and mentally mm. do it. Yeah, I do, um, and then sometimes um, I just have the random instances where I'm like, that's a cool line, and I write it down, or yeah. I wrote an entire song. Um, it's called Silence and Sunrise Court off my new album called The Upside. It's out now on all streaming services. I wrote it while I was sitting in the shower. Oh, okay. Mm. And I literally got out of the shower. Shower is a great place to. 
hit record on my voice memos, got back in the shower, and sang the entire song. Wow. And I just took wow. it, ripped it, put it into my studio. And then, Honestly, wow, nice. Really and I, I, do, I do take advantage of those moments because yeah. a lot of times my brain has nothing and, you know, but other times it just all comes to me and I take advantage of those moments and... Yeah. yeah. I feel like I can relate to the both of you. Um, I don't necessarily write music or lyrics, but I do uh, dabble in poetry. And when I do, mm. like you said, Riley, um, using it as a coping mechanism is really effective because um, for those looking for an alternative to like, you know, doing something bad or right. harmful, expressing your emotions in a way that's like a comfortable medium for mm -hmm. you is really important. Yeah. So I totally agree. And then sometimes yeah. it's just like, oh, you think of a good word or a good line and you're just like, oh, this is gonna oh, yeah. be something. Yeah. Um, a while ago, this is, I wrote, I wrote an entire song about Donald Trump losing the election. <laughs> okay. And I made oh. it like a whole breakup song. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's by far one of my favorite things I've ever written. Uh, okay, know, Weird you, Al. Huh. You just can't, yes. some, obviously sometimes you can't take music too seriously. Right. I have a whole, catalog of just songs that are so stupid they don't even make sense I think. So, those are some of the best ones those, too yeah, like, are yeah, the best Frank Zappa yeah. was Frank Zappa no, that's all he did you know yeah. like he I just... am the walrus you know <laughs> yeah, yeah you exactly. are Uncle Remus <laughs> so yeah I can remember I always thought of, I always thought of uh, music like all the other arts as a form of like expressing our emotions oh, so I, def I definitely uh, can relate to the pulling from the emotions to create songs exactly because right. at the end of the day that's because at the end of the day well, sometimes yeah. um, having like the issue is you spend so much time writing emotional songs or sad songs aggressive songs whatever it is that you begin to lose sight of yeah. joy it, it and, gets clouded and, right yeah. and you begin to lose motivation when it comes to writing about things that are making you yeah. happy or satisfied exactly because a lot of the best mm -hmm. songs that have ever been produced are sad songs and right. like yeah. we're in the sad I think we're in the sad boy we're era. The, yeah, the sad boy. This is our generation. Emo girl. Like, that's just, you know, the way we've you know. been brought up. Uh, you broke and up. And there's simple things in life, like this most simple things that we sometimes take for granted that we look past that we could be writing about and, you know, right. find the joys in. No, and you have a plug your album the again. thesis of my album, <laughs> The Upside, which is available on all streaming services now. Um, no, I mean, this is sort of serious, but yes, go check it out right now. Um, <laughs> Right now, stop the podcast. Stop right the now. podcast listen, and go right, listen to right. it. Uh, no, the whole thesis of the record it's it's finding joy in those moments where you are just a wreck. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the album initially opens with me just being a mess, and I'm like, wait a second, I'm not a mess because I can do all these things and I have control over all these aspects, um, and that's whether my relationships with people or my physical health or my mental health. It's all things that are in control. And, just looking for those highs. Absolutely, and that's so, really important. Right. <clears throat> now that we've talked about where we kind of get our inspiration, we need to talk about like what are kind of the means that you do the song. So our next question: What programs or software would you recommend for someone who is just getting into the music industry? So, uh, for me, um, I kind of work with what I have right now. Um, music programs are very expensive, and good yeah. gear is even more expensive. Absolutely. So right now, mm -hmm. I just work with my little keyboard and, and GarageBand, and I GarageBand GarageBand works wonders. But at some point, it's not enough. So yep. if you're kind of past the stage of GarageBand, I would recommend things like Logic Pro. I currently use Ableton. Ableton. Mm. That was it. I was looking yeah. for it. I was going to say uh. um, Adobe, but that's they don't do that. Yeah. Well, Adobe Create Cloud does Adobe Create Cloud. Mm. software's okay. like that, but they're also really expensive. It's very expensive. Uh, Ableton expensive is a fantastic though. program. Um, 
So, Eva, what else do you use? Well, I would say for anyone who's starting out who plays, like, guitar or bass or even just, you know, keyboard and singing and whatnot, um, I recommend to get an interface. Uh, I just recently got one, and I'm still, like, kind of testing it out. I ha I'm not going to lie, I haven't done that much recording, but I'm kind of just going with the flow, and I'm learning, and I think it's all about learning. Mm. And yeah. putting your mm -hmm. out, putting yourself out there, and just testing it. Absolutely, that's yeah, what true. music is about: playing yeah. with it and seeing what works for you and what doesn't work. Yeah. It's a whole and lot just of experimentation. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. The first draft of your first song is gonna suck. Yep. Right. Hate to break it to you. <laughs> yep. First time you ever record something, you play it back, it will suck. Yeah. You'll yes. think it's amazing I though, <laughs> because of how hard you've worked on it. Like, like and then whoa, you wake man. up the next morning and you like, say, "Oh my gosh, this what is the amazing!" Heck did I write? And it, for me, it took a while to realize that I needed to work on things. You know. Yeah. When I was 13, I would release mm -hmm. terrible songs. Mm. And yeah, I, thought we they were the, I thought they were the best thing. I thought they were the bee's yeah. knees. But I, <laughs> it took me so long to realize that that stuff isn't as good as my new album, The Upside, which is out now available on all streaming services. <laughs> wow. Thank you for the shameless self-promo. <laughs> I am the fourth uh, one. I have no dignity. Right, right, okay. Yes. My dignity like is like, depleted. We should keep this on the tally. Yes. Um, In fact, so, I can keep it well, right now. To both of you, have you either recorded at a professional studio? I have not. But I am looking forward to maybe in the future recording mm -hmm. at a studio here in town. Ooh, that sounds okay. Like, that sounds really good. What about you? Um, I'm very poor. Studios are very <laughs> yeah. expensive. I can't afford it. Yeah. So True. Obviously, I figured other people's professional studios are something way, way off in the future right. for me. But uh, I'm more so trying to get as much materials as I can to have my own personal studio so that cool. yeah. if this does go somewhere at some point in the future, if at all, then I have enough resources and enough ability to do that myself. So I don't have to wholly rely on everyone else to do the job for me. And I can have more control That's over the creative idea. aspects of the yeah. music, you know, like I did for my new album, The Upside, available yes. on all streaming <laughs> services now. And we're on the fifth one. Um, well, to that, you know, I, I would probably agree with you, like if I was involved in that world, I guess as a young person, it's really hard to get your grounding mm -hmm. yeah. in a professional aspect. But if you're able to utilize the resources you have access to, and you know yeah. you don't come from a lot of wealth, also making connections to right. people in the industry definitely. is really yes, important. Definitely. A lot of the controversial, I don't know, claims around artists is mm -hmm. they were able to be successful because they had family in the business. Mm. But Speaking I don't think that that's necessarily no. true. Yeah. Like. like no. Having family in the business is a really good <laughs> yeah. asset. Music but comes in, the game, music comes in many forms, and you can access that, right. those many forms. Yeah. Like, right. well, like, it's always an advantage. Like Kanye exactly. West yeah, produced all but... of his own beats, like by himself, locked himself in a room. Right. You know, he didn't really have a lot of opportunities growing up. Like his mother, um, she worked several jobs to you know account for his needs, and he was still able to make ends meet. Right. So it's possible. Well, no, and. Another way to do that, you know, networking, it's, it's getting down in the dirt and right. going at these local venues or areas and just, you know, setting up your own gear and just doing a show. And then you can meet other artists who do the similar sound, doing the same thing, and you guys can collab and grow together. That's definitely another tool that I've seen that helps. And I have friends who've, you know, met other people while doing shows and it's lifted them up as well. So I just think that's another really important thing to know. You know, you can do it yourself. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sitting, you know, right before two very talented people who have a lot of promise yes. and gift who I think Thank will you. be able to go Definitely. places. And Just gotta claw your way you. up. 
Right, and, and so Lana that already has her own album. That moves on to our next question. What is the first instrument you picked up? Because just as much as your voice is important in right. singing, so it is instrumentation. So. Um, so the first instrument was keyboard. I had like a little hmm. toy keyboard I had when I was like four. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't as interested in music back then. Hmm. I didn't really have a hmm. grasp of it yet, right. you know. Um, and then I went to Hawaii, and I got a u little ukulele. And when I got back home, I kind of put it in the corner of my room, and I never touched it. And then one day, I'm like, you know what? See what this is all about. And I, <laughs> I taught myself, and that's kind of just where it all began for me. I learned it, and then I went on to guitar, bass, and then it just all came naturally to me. Yeah, I've always been a singer, though. That I've always had in me. Uh, Started singing as soon as I could. <laughs> wow. I mean, you have the voice for it. I, I remember yeah. all the times you've sung at our school. Really, Definitely. Really good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Riley, what about you? Um, I don't come from a very musical family or, or an upbringing. Mm. Okay. Um, the closest thing I had to that, uh, my great-granddad, he would pick up his guitar and just play little songs for us. And What is this, the plot of Coco? Pretty much. <laughs> um, he was much more of a country-style singer. But he was oh. really good at it. And he was the only person I remember in my family that would do that. And it was always something that kind of stuck with me. Yeah. So ooh, a couple summers ago, I think summer 2017 or 18, I was just, I was I pretty like down in the ago. dumps. Yeah. <laughs> That's like four, almost five years ago. It's crazy to old. say. I was down yeah. in the dumps. Um, things weren't going good for me. So I just kind of sat down and I just mm -hmm. started saying words mm -hmm. um, and playing drums. I got this crappy little... <laughs> drum pad kit and oh, I taught myself nice. how to play the drums mm. wasn't very good but I mm. could do like basic rhythms so I would do basic yeah. rhythms and record it on my phone and then just sing over it yeah um, and then a couple years later I got I started taking piano lessons because my family got a piano and mm. I was like well might as well and then as quarantine hit I just kind of sat down and I was like alright let's figure out how this works and I bought myself a music theory book and I started learning chords and just figuring out how music works so technically drums, but really mm. instruments are instruments. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Weston, what about you? <laughs> um, I actually started my first music experiences were uh, actually in band. Uh, oh. I started. I joined band in fifth grade. I played the trumpet. <laughs> well, nice. uh, I believe I I believe I was uh, played trumpet for four years. About also sometime in middle school, I joined a percussion group. As well, it's called Dragon Scale Mallets. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a cool name. Our, it's just a, a mascot with a dragon, but that's you know. a that's a <laughs> we love dragons. <laughs> that like yes. punches you in the and face. There, kinda, <laughs> and there, I kind of and there, I kind of learned. Uh, you know, I kind of learned how. Hmm. So, <laughs> fun fact: I have perfect pitch, actually. Oh really? Wow. I think I, I'm oh, pretty sure goodness. I just I'm pretty sure Dragon Scale Mallets is probably where I discovered it, and where I just gained an instant interest in music in general. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely, and. Um, but then after afterwards, I just kind of I haven't really touched I haven't really touched trumpet or percussion for a while now. But now I have a like a ukulele and I am taking piano lessons as well. Okay, so piano lessons trying are the to, best. Trying to hone my trying to hone my skills, you know. Oh yeah, totally. For me, in seventh grade, my aunt and uncle got me a Walmart gift card, and I was like, <laughs> I want to, you know what? I want to buy a ukulele because I've always wanted to, you yes. know, play the Twenty One Pilots songs. Oh. I really mm. wanted. Classics. That's how I learned <laughs> instruments. I wanted to play <laughs> House of Gold, so I was like, you know what? Nice. This is forty dollars. It's cheap. It's plastic. 
I'm gonna buy it. And so I bought it and I still have it to this day. Although I don't play as often as I used to and it collects dust in my room. Mm. Um, when I, you know, had the opportunity, I, I picked it up and I really, really enjoyed playing the uke. And no. it was really easy to teach yourself, I think. Ukuleles are really fun to teach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. If you pick up um, the tabs and if you just know the chord progression, how to tune it yourself like oh, yeah. by ear, you should be fine. It's one of the easiest yeah. instruments yeah, I think. That's, it's fantastic. That's a great that's a great instrument to start off with because mm -hmm. no, yeah. it's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's yeah. pretty simple. Um, also very very small and portable. Yeah. Similar to the bass though. Yeah. Which bass is fantastic. Bass is the best crazy. instrument. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Which are electric bass or like any kind classical. of classical? Any kind that's of bass, like a that any kind true. of bass, like a grown-up ukulele. Every other instrument. I guess you're all about that bass. I'm no. all about that yeah. bass. No treble. No treble is awful. <laughs> okay, so um, next about your your experience performing live, actually. Ooh, so, Ooh that's fun. Be fun. What was performing live? <laughs> you're right. You're right. What was performing live like for you guys the first time? Mm. So Eva, oh, I'll boy. start with you. Yeah. The first time. <laughs> well. The first time was actually the school talent show. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that, you know, that's funny. That's actually yeah. where I where I said it all. I feel like I remember. Did you perform House of Gold? I did. Oh, I, oh, performed, yeah, I, did. I, yes, I performed House of Gold, so long ago and it was the most nerve wracking thing ever. Like now, I can get up on stage right. and I do my thing. Like I am oh, yeah. into it. I'm in the zone. I just you know I'm channeling Joan Jett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the stage is my comfort zone, as crazy as that sounds. But that first time was very scary. Oh yeah. Because everyone Definitely. is just looking at you. It's quiet, and you're the only one there. And it's the whole yeah. school almost like. Ooh, yeah, no, it's, yeah. <laughs> a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, the first time I ever performed in general, um, I've always been a huge theater nerd. So the first time I ever performed was um, for a school's musical. It was Schoolhouse Rock, but it went by Paper Jam. It was whack. It was cool. I got the lead yeah. just by yeah, being I'm the tallest I'm one there. Familiar. Um, Belle was in it. She she played my wife at the end. It was really good. You should check it out sometime if you have the DVD. But that was the first time I ever did anything musical at all. That was the first time I ever sang. You know. Oh really? So mm -hmm. it was very very nerve wracking because mm -hmm. I'm like I'm about to go sing in front of people I've never sang before. <laughs> I'm not trained. I don't. I'm tone deaf. So I worked with it. I worked with it. Thirteen year old me did his thing up on stage, and it was fine and dandy. But recently, at, at this, um, this year's Archer Fest was the first time I ever performed any of my own stuff live. Oh. And that is a whole different beast because you're constructing your own show, your own set, your own way to keep the audience engaged. Oh, yeah. And, and I found that what I lack in, in skill or, or you know, ability to do certain things, I make up for in energy and engagement yeah. and making sure that people know that I'm here and I want your attention. I so you just to gotta... hmm? I said I totally have to agree because even mm. though both of you like told me you know how nervous you were the first time you really sold yeah. it like we oh, yeah. we couldn't notice you just make gotta, it until you make it you just got to punch the audience in the face with your energy <laughs> yes. until they realize that you are there on stage and you are the big man yeah you're in, right. you have the power when you're on stage exactly. you have the power exactly you have the floor you know? right yeah. it's true pay attention to me <laughs> exactly <laughs> as for performances in general I've, I've actually performed uh for like since i was very little uh, when I was very little, my mom put me in a like bunker dance studio and we did like little dance performances. Besides that, which I like hardly remember, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the first performances were probably in band, as I mentioned. Oh, that's right. Um, and then as I got into musical theater, which was uh, starting about seventh grade, I mm -hmm. uh, started doing more of those performances and those were pretty fun. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I've only performed songs that I've written 
uh, twice. <laughs> One was to a friend on Valentine's Day, actually. It was, it was very nice. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Cute. And uh, the second was at, also at the, the talent show, actually. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I do remember that, too. Yeah. Goodness. Oh, yeah. I have, yet to, I have yet to record that. You definitely yeah. should, though. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, Thank you. Performing live. Well, I never really performed my own stuff except in seventh grade. I was also in the talent show. Ah. I like to forget this ever happened, but I wrote, I wasn't even here in I wrote a poem, and I performed Ooh. it in front of everybody. It was really dramatic. And I loved it, by the way. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I was I not that loved it. <laughs> uh, but I was like sharing one of the darkest, you know, you know, stories of my my psyche, mm. and people were just looking at me, people from all grades, and I was like, I'm a little seventh grade girl, and this is a room of almost fifteen hundred people. Right. That's just really intense. Yeah, that's all out there. That's pretty terrifying. It's hard. And the fact that um, it's not even something I was super well trained in or right. something I had done for a long time was something that made it even more thrilling. Yeah. Which I mm. think that's that's the one thing that performing for the first time does for you. It gives you that Real. that adrenaline rush. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah. That's why I love. That's what it's I love about performing and being on yeah. stage. Is it's like a runner's high, but for yeah. music. Yeah. I especially yeah. experienced that in musical in uh, theater. Like <clears throat> uh, pre recently, we did like a play. We did a play in the school. Mm -hmm. and I can definitely feel the difference on stage as an actor when there was the bit. Then when the audience is actually there and when it's just a rehearsal. Right. right. Like the audience gives you a special sort of energy that you can't no, really. Yeah. The audience that just like boosts you forward. I the agree. audience is most of the show. Yeah. That's the thing. Like that's what you don't realize. Like I th yeah. think one thing that all like drama teachers and even like my ballroom teacher has said this. She said. I don't care how talented you are or how coordinated you are or how good you are at dancing. If you can put on a show and like give them people. everything you have, like your energy, your passion, your facial expressions, your, you know, ability to own the floor. I think that's what truly makes somebody talented. Yeah. As long as long as the audience is being entertained, <laughs> yes, you did yes. your job oh, right. Yeah. They yep. will definitely. They will take it and they will run with it, and that's the best part. Yeah. Uh, side note, I remember this one time. I think it was the first time I ever saw Eva perform live. It was mm. dang near three years ago. Holy crap. Oh man. Um, she played this one song. I think it was it was Radiohead by Creep, just on the ukulele. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm. that's right. And it was in this digi bar, and everyone was talking the entire time. But during that one song. Everyone went silent. Wow, nice. Yeah. And it's just, it's so impressive when people can do that. Especially Thank you, Kudos. It was amazing. Thank you so much. I, I, I always remember that. I always get that feeling. It's like, oh, wow. Everyone's paying attention. And it's, it's impressive and it's really awesome. Totally. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's a lot more, I think it's a lot more intimate when it's one person performing. Right. Versus yeah. when it's a collective. Because okay. Like 20 people. Right. Like when you're watching yeah. a musical... It's really easy to, you know, lose focus on the the leads. I think mm -hmm. the leads in shows are often the ones that are honestly sometimes least memorable because it's all just about how different you are. Right. Yeah. Sticking out is actually kind of important and is like a mm -hmm. crucial yeah. factor of being yeah. in something. So like members of a band can be great, but if the guitarist is better than the singer, we might need to see more of the guitarist. Right. And that's like where some of the best music performances have ever come from. Like, right. yeah. my dad was just telling me the other day about Glenn Campbell, and he was part of a group, 
and they had said, you know, you have a fantastic voice, you know, you shouldn't just be like in the background. And he went on to produce Southern Nights and Wichita Lineman, <laughs> and those are some of his greatest songs exactly. ever. And yeah. it, it's just kind of a testament when like Travis Barker is the standout member of Blink One Eighty Two. Right, and it's like why? He's the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah. You know, the figure you you supposedly remember the least until you realize the, the they figure have that yeah. is easily replaced like the, so right. many times. And the they have the character. most to give. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Def Leppard, De oh, yeah. the drummer, oh, yeah. absolutely fantastic. Mm. That guy is almost more memorable than you know the lead singer. Yeah, and that's that's really weird to say because usually you don't even credit that person like you know in in the titles of things until right. you realize yeah. this is what they've been doing behind the scenes exactly they yeah. need to be put on like Travis Barker just knows how songs work and he's just yeah. amazing at it right so yeah. uh, since we're going to be switching up our guests pretty shortly we're just gonna ask you a few more questions about your connection in music to history so I know that uh, we all have a pretty diverse palette of music yes. here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Some prefer older music over modern music. Some prefer modern music mm. over older. Ooh. And then there's the beautiful middle ground, which I think is important to have. Because if you're only one mm -hmm. way or the other, um, I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so... We school just, you. <laughs> you can't tell, but I'm dying inside. <laughs> I have to make a really bad reference because my dad's listening I mean, to you this. Really didn't yeah. have this is for to, you. But I mean, I'm this glad you true. felt that. I'm glad you feel good about that. Decision. Thank you. Thank you. I really do. Okay, so what are some elements that make the two eras of music between modern and mm. you know everything pretty much prior to the 2000s so different oh, man. i feel like uh That's hard. I, I feel like like my hard. opinion on it is that it has to do a, a lot with the advance in technology like one, one thing that usually almost always sets apart older music and more recent music is the instrumentation right for yeah, like exactly. a, you see like the whole genre of electric didn't come around until who knows well, until, until late later until computers could do yeah that. until computers yeah. could do around that. the 80s Around the okay. yeah. when yes. synths started I'm not great with drums. I'm not great, I'm not great with the dates. <laughs> well, I mean, even then, um, in the 70s, we had like clap, clap, clap. It was these weird funky instruments that were sort of electronic and sort of not. Yeah, oh, like yeah. Rush. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like my one of my favorite bands. Like <laughs> the starting blocks for synths, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing that's very different is the use of actual instruments. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very much not a common practice now. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's becoming more and more common because you can hear the difference. Right. Yeah. You know, once indie music started really gaining ground and we're using actual instruments, mm -hmm. people yes. heard the difference like, oh, this isn't real, it feels synthetic. Yeah. And then yeah. now you turn to people like Surf Curse, oh, yeah. um, Coin, you know, for that actual, that's Growlers. real music. Yeah. Um, so this is a little off topic, but have you guys begun to notice like in this age, like in the 20s, this decade, 20s, mm -hmm. yeah. have you noticed a shift back to the 80s? Like a well, futurism? I, towards, oh yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, there's definitely inspiration. I definitely right. can hear that. I can see it with the styles and everything. I think. I, I don't feel like I, I have uh, the greatest say in this because <clears throat> I don't listen to music enough as I should. Right. <laughs> as you should, yes. As, 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 as I should. That's disappointing. You know. Tough. <clears throat> um, Tough. No, but I feel like we're kind of in a, a phase right now in the music industry where 
We're just trying to find, like, wait for that one person to really break the to really break the standard. The right. I agree. And we 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 we've had so many people who we thought were going to do so, and they really yeah. just kind of drowned out. Yeah. Like, don't kill me, Olivia. But you know, Olivia Rodrigo kind of floundered out after a couple months. I think um, she yeah. kind of helped the resurgence of she pop punk. Resur- yeah. But I it's... I I disagree. Um, really. The rise of Youngblood in the <sighs> UK, and how he's sort of transitioning over to the US it's, is impressive. It's less prominent though. Like that oh, well, Youngblood isn't really mainstream. But Travis Barker was the hottest producer of 2020. That is insane. Travis <laughs> freaking Barker was the top list producer of 2020. Are you serious? Yeah. By hmm. by what uh source though? I don't know. Is I'm it just, like Rolling Stone? I'm just kind of <laughs> I don't trust Rolling butt. Stone's opinions I'm gonna be on music. That's not based in any magazine. factual evidence. I'm just kind of making a claim based off of, you know, the evidence of how every pop punk song that was released and charted last year. Yeah. And sorry, two years ago, goodness, was produced by Travis Barker. Yeah. Um, you know, Machine Gun Kelly also helped that. As yeah. much as I hate to say that, he really helped in the resurgence of using actual guitars. Ooh. Same thing with Lil Nas X. Like, these people are bringing actual things back. Willow. Willow Smith. Like, I think I think we'll get into that a little bit later, but just going back to the original topic at hand, uh, like Eva, what do you think are some things that make the two eras so vastly different? Well, for one, back back when music was actually, in my opinion, good. <laughs> um, okay. You know, we had it was a more natural, authentic vibe, and everything. You know, we actually had we had instruments, guitar, we had bands that mm-hmm. used, you know, all of that, which are still used today, right. obviously. Yeah. You know, the lyrics were a lot deeper. There's still a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, this all applies to today. Right. But in my opinion, it was it had a more authentic, personal tone to it. Right. I agree. Um, I think that, um, kind of bouncing off of what Eva's saying, but as the counter perspective, I believe that the way we've expressed our emotions has changed. So yeah. I would, I kind of consider this generation to be the saddest and like one of the most prone to being like overly yeah. emotional. That's and that's how we've utilized the, the medium of music. So we've seen a lot of er- yeah. artists emerge out of this era. And uh, we can, you know, attribute it to sort of like maybe Mitski or Elliot Smith, Frank Ocean, Phoebe Bridgers, and Billie Eilish. All of these figures mm. are, you know, coined as like some of the most, you know, emotionally <clears throat> charged and like detailed. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's also, you know, still missing that element of like humanism and down to earthness yeah. of older music. Definitely. I like to think that music in the old times is more like focused on the vocals and the lyrics as well. And now it's becoming more about like the inspiration and the complexities of the melodies or instruments in the background and right. the harmonies, you know. Why you said that about the instruments today? Or? About the instrument, like today, there's more of a focus on the instrumentation as opposed to like the lyrics, perhaps. Like, I somewhat disagree sure. with I agree. that, honestly. Hmm. Because now we're seeing a lot of less complicated melodies, and we mm. have the same chord progressions over and over I mean, throughout like a song. Yeah, yeah. I guess and, in that aspect. I which that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that's bad, but earlier, you know, in the '70s, like you know, with a lot of progressive rock, they had the most unique melodies and progressions ever. And I don't think I don't think some of that can be replicated today. 
I totally give you that. Um, There's some stuff that has been created, you know, out of older music, classic rock especially, that really cannot be reproduced. But I do think that your take on experimentation is wrong because I believe in the hip hop community especially, there is a tremendous shift in the way we've, you know, utilized what we have now, especially in terms of technology, because we have so much access to stuff that we didn't have during the time. We do. We so do. we have prominent artists that have emerged out of practically nowhere, like Odd Future to Tyler the Creator, right. and then you have yeah. Boldy Jackson and MF Doom. He's one of the most, you know, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Although yeah. you aren't like, you know, super into the rap genre, I presume. <laughs> I believe that there is still a lot to be said about, you know, what music has turned into in terms of, mm. you know, the way we've utilized what we have to, to make something yeah. really unique. Yeah, I think I think perhaps maybe, uh, I guess, melodies and chord progressions and such are starting to become more sim uh, simpler because maybe because the technology to make music has become more accessible. So more yeah. people are going into it and maybe they have less experience in music, so they go with the, the simple, like, clear-cut way right. to, the so that works yeah. and I don't and with music I don't think there should be a formula yeah I think we have the ability to go anywhere with music we can create anything and the fact that the majority of today's popular musicians stick to the four chord you know oh, chorus yeah. verse mm -hmm. it kind of makes me mad because we have yeah. so much more Definitely. in us where we can expand and just kind of go crazy with it. Yeah. And we don't need to stick in these boundaries that we have. I agree. I think well, we do confine ourselves <laughs> a bit. Although just to, just to kind of relate, uh, personally, I find it, uh, I guess, yeah, I do find it kind of easier sometimes to stick to that because my brain has a hard time like breaking from a formula. Right. You know, I'm, I have very formulaic thinking. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah. I, like sometimes uh, it's hard to, really innovate but you know that's that's why it's hard because I agree innovative. I agree with that that's why a lot of the music that is produced today is like that because it's easy to wrap your head around it's easy yeah. it's simple you can turn it on and you listen to it just you know just fine like that but yeah. you know well I have one last question while Riley's still here before we switch to Caleb Allred who will be our next guest taking over and even will stay with us as Riley well. Riley is a busy man. Yes, Riley <laughs> has places to be, time. people to see. So last question for you is, what are some elements that you believe should be left in the past in terms of music? That is a really thought-provoking question. Um, that's hard to say because most of what made older music itself has been left in the past. You know, the people who specify in specific instruments to make a song amazing you know, all these different people collaborating together to make one song incredible because of just their sheer talent, it's kind of gone. Right. And mm -hmm. it's now left to just like a handful of people who are good at it, but not like have dedicated their entire life since they were born to being yeah. amazing at that instrument. We just kind of need those people that are like, <clears throat> in the way we almost kind of need that sheer talent. You know, right. Driving someone. Well, good thing about that is we do utilize a lot of sampling in right. the music. Yeah. Like um, doo-wop by Miss Lauren Hill oh, yeah, and Kanye Stonda. Uh, Tom's Diner in Fall Out Boy's Uma Thurman, exactly. Misery Business in Olympia Rodrigo Sour. There are some elements of older music that have made new music better, I honestly think. But something I would say that should be left behind is definitely, I know this is kind of a hot take because some people actually do like this, and it is part of a lot of the music I listen to now, 
uh, synthesizers and the usage of electronic sounding music, um, yeah, like Yamaha it... keyboards, the kind of <laughs> clonky and kind of fake futurism sound oh, is so yeah. overdone. Like the synth pop from mm -hmm. The Weeknd's new album. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I love Dawn like, FM, no. but <laughs> I thought it was okay for what it's worth. I thought the lyrics were were all right, and I thought his features were right. good. All of the features he had were good. I, I'm gonna be honest, I, I couldn't sit yeah. through that album. Are you serious? I was hmm. so bored halfway through. I fell asleep. Uh. So I think when, when we're discussing things like that, to a point, being overly electronic should be left in the past. I think that yeah. it, it tends to feel synthetic, but the way that music history works is that everything just keeps coming back. It's always a loop. It's yeah. been a loop. Ever since music started, it's been a loop. Right. We just keep modifying things and then that modified version becomes the new thing that goes back to you know like how in the 90s we had grunge yeah and that's mm. kind of being circled back to in a way alternative yeah, rock way. is kind right. of doing that i think that's Find a what, new way to do an old thing well that's what we did when we have bands like uh, i don't know how but they found me right. or we have bands like i don't know even you could say 20 pilots is trying to you know stick with some right. elements of grunge and to keep you know an old boat rowan right but yeah well, what do you what do you think eva well i don't really listen to popular music so i i wouldn't know but that's why i'm sticking to my 60s and 70s right. music because <laughs> stick to what you yeah. like honestly stick to yeah. What you, are, yeah. you know well that's the beauty about today is that mm -hmm. you can listen to any kind of music and yeah. now that right. there's more people in the music industry because of how accessible it is and spotify and youtube right. and soundcloud and how it's all just kind of been putting back back into the hands of the people and out of the hands of, la yeah. of labels it, it's it's Definitely. made it so much more accessible to find stuff you like, you know, people who are actually mm -hmm. seeking to reinvent the wheel or people who aren't. Yeah. And if that's your prerogative, that is your decision to make and you can find that. Yeah. There's so many yeah. more subgenres of music now because of people just doing whatever the heck they want. Yeah. Like Death Grips. Who knows? What? Death Grips <laughs> is like experimentalist rap. Anthony Fantano, who is like one of the most prominent mm. uh, music reviewers in music critics. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, the modern sphere. Uh, he gave it a 10. He gave their debut album a 10 out of 10. Really just something he doesn't do, but like stuff like that where people are not afraid to do whatever they want. That's kind of what we're in right now. And yeah. I feel like we're kind of breaking the historical music cycle mm -hmm. of just doing something again. Because while there are people doing, doing things again, like Dua Lipa or... See, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of like trying to get older artists to be involved in new wave trends. Right, like yeah. Elton it John doesn't needs sound to stop authentic. making music. <laughs> Elton John uh, needs yeah. to stop yeah. Yeah. I know that Elton John did do... something with uh, Dua Lipa. Right. Like, I shouldn't force it. someone to do something they're not. I love right. Elton John with, to death. You know? But how many times is he going to say farewell to that yellow brick road? Okay? Honestly. Like he's doing another farewell tour. Like. <laughs> well, like, you know what? Their music, as long as they can I mean, still be performing and making music, they should. They should. Like Paul McCartney? Paul McCartney is still out there doing stuff with people who I never thought I would see Paul McCartney doing stuff Paul with. Paul McCartney, yeah, like, like Kanye West in Kanye, 2015. You like, know, right. Bob Weir from Grateful Dead, love the man. Uh, still performing? He's still performing, and I just saw him in October. I saw, you know, Dead and Company. Uh, and, you know, Grateful Dead has been around. Bob Weir's been performing for 50 years. Wow. And mm -hmm. the man's like time. 75. And I just I just give these people credit, you know? Honestly. that It shows the passion. It, right. shows, it shows the, the meaning yeah. that they Much have. More in, That's in it. And, you know, the fans are there for it. And if they can and they are able and they're healthy enough to go on performing making music i give it to them you know yeah. why not like right. i would take advantage of it 
You know, and that's the beauty of music, that it's kind of an ongoing thing. It's driven by yeah. passion and nothing else, really. Right. You can have whatever set of instruments or whatever circumstances, and you can still make music and st still perform music. Yeah, you know? and you don't and you and you don't have to be some big time person to enjoy music. You know, music is if you're a real musician, it's about just making music. It's not about you know the money or all of that. Of course, we all no. we would love to. I would love to be paid for making right. music, <laughs> and yeah, I would exactly. love to make it big. But, but it's not about the money. The real when it comes down to it, it's about making music and, right. and having the passion. You know, people yeah. can tell when that's the goal. And yeah. on that note, uh, we would like to say, oh really? Losers. Really? How much time? I got a couple more minutes, like ten or so. Speaking of time, it's been a long time since you've had your last Seamus plug. That is true. That's true. Okay, so <laughs> on that note, I'm gonna get into something that I think is going to be a good conversation. Are there any elements in music history that you believe have gone unrecognized? If so, what? Oh, that's, okay, I gotta think about that. For so, a okay. then I'll just share to maybe get your, I don't know, your gears, gears turning. turning. Uh, so, I believe that some of the earliest contributions of disco actually go toward the rap industry. Oh. And we can, oh, yeah. uh, we can contribute some of the earliest hip hop to like the Sugar Hill Gang with DJ Cool in the early 70s. And at the time, Blondie's lead singer was actually responsible for helping the genre enter the mainstream. We love Debbie Harry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we love the queen. She is an icon. And uh, her song Rapture actually was the one that featured uh, the first elements really of mainstream rap, which were the first of its kind. And I really hold this like belief, you know, true and true that black artists and you know the emergence of rap and jazz and swing music Absolutely. into the United States and in the world like seriously go unrecognized and need a lot more representation oh, no. you know when you said that question the first thing that popped into my head was how he was known <laughs> only by white dude experience but yes. historically black musicians have been taken advantage of and discredited yeah. the entire way through even up until now you know with Kanye West being dismissed as insane, you know, when he's granted bipolar, but he's sane enough to do things, you know? Surprisingly when enough, people in the, uh, the the mental health community have actually attributed Kanye West as like, um, almost like an ideal or somebody they no, look up to. No, he, he's destigmatized mental health as issues. much as he can. To an extent, um, yeah. <laughs> but no, like, Elvis Presley totally ripping blues off of black artists yeah. back in the day. It all mm. started with yeah. black artists, exactly. honestly. Yeah. They've always been ahead of the curve. Jazz, right. Mm -hmm. Hip hop as a prominent, as the biggest music genre as of 2017. I think so, mm. yeah. I, I saw that somewhere, I think it was Billboard put that out, that it was the most listened to genre of 2017 taking over rock for the first time ever. Wow. You know, huh. that is only possible through the sacrifices and the diligence of black artists. Right. And it's just really impressive. And I think that's the biggest thing in music history. What do you think, Weston? Uh, I wish I knew a bit more about music history. Mm -hmm. uh, jazz is cool. <laughs> jazz. I like jazz. Jazz, jazz. I, I like jazz. I honestly, the chords I love jazz. and all the the improv. Right. I think that's just an awesome. I think <clears throat> I think that's just an awesome part of, me, of the music. Like when you can have all these complex like chord structures. And in uh, when when I'm taking piano lessons, I'm learning more about the like. My piano teacher, uh, he's more like he's more into the jazz sort of piano, right. pianoing. Okay. Have so he you... teaches me a lot of improv and like a little bit of music theory. And I just find that like that's those are some really interesting parts of music that right. I feel like not enough people appreciate. Have you heard of Dave uh, Dave Brubeck? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh my goodness! You yeah, I haven't heard of. So I, cool. I'm not very up to date. He's so cool. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta listen to him. I should definitely He's... listen. I'm in love with him. <laughs> Me too, honestly. I really am. He's mine. Um, no, he's mine. We can discuss this later. Um, in, the in the parking lot, um, you know, taking inspiration from different genres. That's also a new thing. Um, I think that the amalgamation of different genres into one thing is really mm -hmm. impressive and a really new thing that I feel like yeah. goes unnoticed. Especially, don't crucify me. Okay. <laughs> Twin Oak Pilots. They are... Genre-defined. Just next level, just 3D, 4D chess, you know, <laughs> rap, rock, I really jazz, don't yeah. know what to categorize them in. Christian music, <laughs> even. You, you Google them, you get Musical alternative slash indie. And in, it's like... Indie ukulele <laughs> like, grunge pop. They're not indie. <laughs> they're owned by Fueled by Rob. Yeah. Exactly. It is they're, a... They're one of the biggest bands of all time. Melting pot. Yeah. They have, they have more followers on Spotify than the Beatles. Wow. Are you serious? They yes. do? Wow, yeah, really? I, found, I found that out recently. That they oh, have more that followers. is really sad. Uh-huh. But no, and I just I just think that's another thing that goes unrecognized today, you know, is how, how influential it is, you know, for bands like Toronto Pass to just include as many things as they can. Linkin Park did it too, Gorillaz, you know. Those are all bands that have incorporated different genres, you know. Into their music. So like mm -hmm. when I was recording my my album, oh, uh, right. my debut album, right. The Upside, available on all streaming services eighth, eighth now. Time? Six finally, time. finally, Six I can add another tally it, mark. I was saving it for what I leave, okay? Okay. Um, no, when I was doing that, I was trying to, I was trying to see how I can incorporate different genres across the board, across the spectrum, you know? Right. And I'm sitting down at my piano, I'm like, this can all sound the exact same with a piano and some drums and a sad boy singing. <laughs> but when you add in aspects like, like rap verses or screaming or crazy orchestral we breakdowns. We love screaming. Yeah, I know. We do. Fun <laughs> echo <laughs> effects, like it's... Yeah. I just I think that the incorporation of different effects is really important and something that artists should seek more to yeah. do. Yes. And if anyone who's yeah. aspiring to get into the music industry and start writing themselves, um, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give as I go and as I leave as a small artist in Las Vegas, Nevada. The biggest piece of advice is, is just always try and reinvent your own music. You know, yeah. once you've mm -hmm. created a draft, look at it and say, what can I do differently? Right. You know, if it feels formulaic, yeah. Look at the formula and say, how can I modify the formula? Right. You know, own your style. Own the style. Own, the own what you're doing. Own, own it all. Because at the end of the day, confidence is what makes or breaks your in your your music. Confidence you know? is key. Confidence is key. Exactly. You gotta not, have. Not you gotta be yourself. Music. It's all about being genuine. You right. know. Yeah. Not just on stage in the studio when you're writing. You have to have confidence every step of the way. You because know, you're vulnerable, but you gotta be confident with your vulnerable. Those mm -hmm. those songs that you're recording, you're gonna perform on stage. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. You, you, you need it to be genuine. Mm -hmm. It needs to come from a real place. Trying to trying to yeah. write when you really don't feel like it is often. Yeah. It's hard. Really not a great. Almost thing. impossible. You need to write Always when you feel like you're at a plateau. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. you're at a point in your life where you can look back and have an open heart and an open mind and you can say, yeah. this happened, I'm gonna talk about it in the way that I can so that I can move past it. Because mm -hmm. exactly. that's what a lot of people tend to do when they get into you know, writing for the first time. They tend to look backwards instead of forwards. When really, yeah. you know, once you've once you've actually developed your writing technique, that's when you begin to look, you know, into the future. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to say well, yeah. hasta la vista. I just, I, just, I want to thank the bullseye for having me here. 
It's been an honor. Um, Thank you so much. Music is my favorite thing. You know, like I said earlier, it's a coping mechanism and it's the most important thing in my life. And the fact that I get to talk about it and it's something that I do um, and hopefully I do forever because nothing's going to stop me from writing songs until I die. So, um, oh, okay. With that being yeah. said, <laughs> on, on your deathbed, all right, we'll, like, we'll check in a few oh, years to see how you're feeling. We'll do another episode. <clears throat> I'd love to be on every yearly anniversary of this podcast. Um, Ooh, Absolutely. Okay. Ooh, that's, so, yeah, that's a good um, idea. I'll just part with some great wisdom that one of my biggest mentors said to me one time when I was a, a wee, wee child. Um, a wee boy. Stream Royalty's new album, The Upside, <laughs> available on all streaming services. Knew it. Um, follow him on Spotify. Follow me on Instagram at WR underscore Riley Gibson. No spaces, no uppercase because that's impossible. Okay, okay, okay. Um, We're done here. Uh, You're I done. got new music coming. Get out. Uh, Get out. Love you. Bye. <laughs> okay. So After a long break. After a very, very long break. We have our guest here. Caleb! Welcome, Caleb. Mr. Allred, how's How, it going? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, all right. Awesome. So, I know you've been, you know, sitting in the background, you know, watching all the chaos unfold, but we're going to ask <laughs> yeah. we're going to ask the two of you some more, you know, laid back, down-to-earth questions because yeah. we okay. realized we just want to get to know you guys on like a personal level and just understand, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of music do you guys like? And, you know, how can we put that on blast and make all fun right. of you? I'm just kidding. Good. I'm not gonna make fun of you. You totally can. It's We're okay. gonna uplift you. <laughs> yes. yes, you can make fun okay. of me. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll start with the question. Just a simple question. What kinds of music did you all grow up listening to? Uh, do you want to go you first? You go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, some of the music I grew up listening to was a lot of John Mayer, just cool. because oh, John Mayer. my John parents, Mayer. <laughs> my parents really liked him as an artist, and so every car trip we went on, it would just be John Mayer playing for like a few hours. Oh, it was good. Uh, another one, Jack Johnson. Oh yes, Jack Johnson. High tier artist right there. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. What about you, Eva? I grew up listening to Bob Marley. My dad would play him a lot in the car. Oh, we love Bob Marley. Yeah, love him. Um, also, like Pearl Jam. Oh yes, Pearl and Jam. Yeah, my mom played them a lot. I still have the CD. <laughs> Um, and then, fun fact, the first song that I learned as a kid, I was like, what, five years old, um, was Just the Way You Look Tonight by Frank Sinatra. Excellent. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, wait, have you ever heard the Tony Bennett version? No. Oh, uh, that one's in the, uh, the My Best Friend's Wedding soundtrack. It's really good, too. For me, I listened to a lot of classical rock and just classical music growing up. My parents like to, you know, yes. give me a little bit of both. A lot of Beatles, a lot yes. of the Beach Boys, a lot of the Beach Boys. Oh, the Beach Boys. Mm, okay. Yeah. Oh, the Beach Boys. The Beach and Boys. oh, my dad tried to indoctrinate me to be a Paul Simon fangirl. Oh, <gasps> yes. I love Paul Simon. He is so talented. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Weston? Right. So I feel like kind of the odd one out here, because because uh, <clears throat> I think uh, the first kind of music that I listened to uh, that I remember was actually uh, from games. Namely, Minecraft and Undertale. So, I was oh. in middle school. I was in a phase where I was so, in all into Minecraft and Undertale music, and so I got kind of that. Um, somewhere in there, I was also into classical music at some point. Just I love funny classical. enough, it's actually because my little my little sister she loved watching Little Einsteins. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Best yes. TV show. And then uh, eventually, I started to listen to other artists like, uh, namely, Imagine Dragons, Pentatonix, a little bit of Owl City, and. Oh. <laughs> and a little, uh, like a tiny bit of Taylor Swift. 
So you just you were all <laughs> yeah. about the pop scene. And, yeah, and um, and also I'm really into uh, like songs from musicals, namely Dear Evan Hansen. That's a good one. What's your favorite song from Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, that's hard to say. There's a lot of good songs, but actually I can I can say like there's four songs from there that are pretty much my favorites. There's Waving Through a Window. Oh, that's a good. One. Oh, there's Four Forever. Mm. Um, I like Requiem. Requiem. And uh, Slay. Oh, shoot, I forgot the fourth one. But there's a fourth one. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Caleb? What's like the first song you really remember? Do you know? Uh, does anyone remember Curious George? Yes. Oh yes, yes. Curious upside George. Down. Upside down. <laughs> upside down. Like that was the first song I like ever remember listening to. Oh I yeah. Watched yeah. that movie on repeat like <laughs> ten times a day. <laughs> the Jack Johnson. Yeah. So great. Definitely. So good. And uh, so good. Wait, Eva, do you remember the first song? First song. I don't, I really don't know. That's a hard question to ask. No, I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, uh, for me, I just remember my dad, he was just trying to get me out of bed, and he sung Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Oh, oh okay. that's adorable. Okay. And that was like one of my first memories. Also, Three Little Birds by Bob, Bob Marley. Mm. <laughs> uh, Love that. Do you remember the first song you ever listened to, Weston? Um, <clears throat> again, kind of hard to pin down. I feel like the first song, technically, is probably a, uh, some uh, church, uh, hymn from church. Oh, uh, okay. Because uh, I was in primary at the time. Yeah. But the first, the first uh, song I, I actually remember is actually Castle on a Cloud from Les Miserables. Uh, Les Miserables. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. The musical. It. Yeah, the musical. And um, it's my mom. Uh, I learned it because my mom always liked to sing it to me and my brothers as like a lullaby. Oh. And I, I didn't even know it was from Les Miserables. But until until later. until later. Does your current music taste reflect your childhood favorites? Well, um, somewhat. I would say somewhat. My taste back then was I liked classic rock back then, but it was mostly like the popular music and all of that. Right. Around like 2015 is when I started really getting into music and like rock and roll. Oh yeah. And so. From there, it kind of did change a lot. But there's definitely songs that I look back on and I'm like, oh, I used to like that song when I was little. Or, yeah. You know. yeah. But uh, I still like a lot of the songs that I listened to back then. And no, yeah, I, a, lot of, um, a lot of people I know still listen to some of the same stuff they listened to while they were growing up. And then yeah. there are those who are completely different. Like some people mm. grew up listening to just, you know, like gospel music or world music, and then they got the chance to, you know, get into their own interests, and right. they changed completely. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that like for you, Caleb? Do you know? I mean, I still listen to a lot of the music <coughs> that I grew up listening to. I guess I never really moved on past, like, my favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I've branched out a lot now, like, finding a ton of new artists to, like, really enjoy. Yeah, and you're kind of exploring your own personal taste. Yep. What about you, Weston? Yeah, I feel like definitely, like most certainly, I'm still into the same, pretty much the same artists that I mentioned, like Imagine Dragons, Owl City, mm -hmm. and songs from musicals and Minecraft music. Oh yeah. I feel, I feel like especially like the listening to those game musics <laughs> and such, uh, really kind of, really kind of guided me in the direction of certain artists like Owl City, because it's a little bit, it's like a combination. It's like a little bit electric, I'd say. I kind of had that experience with electronic music. So would you say you're like into techno pop, which is kind of like Coconut Mall or, um, I don't know, like Great Fairy Fountain, just stuff that yeah. play like, in, in games. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's cool. Those are, yeah. My mom, she really tried to push the classical music onto me. 
And if it, if somebody played a classical song for me today, I might be able to like, you know, keep going and like know how the song goes, but I wouldn't yeah. know the yeah. name or anything like that. I love I love classical yeah. music. I feel like, mm-hmm. not. I mean, there it's are underrated. there's yeah, it's very it's very underrated, and it's just sort of a thing that's always there for you when you're like when you're going through it. Classical music's there; it soothes you if you're doing homework. Mm-hmm. Right. Simple stuff, you know, you can just put it on; it just kind of mellows you out. Okay. Absolutely. Funnily enough, I don't I almost compare Minecraft music to that because <laughs> yeah. Minecraft music is just yeah. like zen, it's so zen and so. I calming. agree. Uh, well, I think that's where like the interest in lo-fi music came from. Yeah. Uh, to th- our older audience who might not really know what lo-fi is, it's kind of a blend of you know like classical music mixed with like some indie hip-hop and hip-hop a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit of hip-hop, jazz, soul, R&B, and it takes you know it, it's a lot to do with sampling. So it samples mm-hmm. a lot of older songs. So like for example, I just listened to Chet Baker sings, which is like a super old mm-hmm. jazz album. And there's a song on there called I Fall in Love Too Easily. And that's one of the most, you know, sampled songs in lo-fi. And people now have a deeper appreciation for older music because it's been put into this new style that they Mm -hmm. like. So I think lo-fi in a way has almost made people (coughs) go back to, you know, jazz Mm -hmm. and the comfort. of Yeah. It's an instinct. It's kind of like that unifying like genre of music almost. I, yeah i would agree almost. and that's the thing like with lo how do you pronounce it lo-fi lo-fi that's the, the kind of music that lo-fi <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of music that will take you back to the older music you know let's say you don't you haven't listened to older music before you listen to lo-fi now and it kind of gets the gears turning and you're like oh well ha- let me try this from the 60s or whatever yeah Okay, so this one, you, ha- you really had to put some thought into it. What would you consider to be your like top few albums, like your favorite albums mm. of all time? Well, I can start because I, I, I made a list. Okay, I, I can list, guys. Nice. So I really enjoy the album Hot Rats by Frank Zappa. Excellent. It's just, it is insane. The amount of genres that he combined, it's jazz, it's rock, it is psychedelic, it's all of that meshed into one. It's genius. Um, it's just, to me, it's a masterpiece. And it's so, there's a depth to it. Just the instrument instrumentation. And the first time, the song is called Peaches on Regalia. The first time I heard that song, I was, my mind was blown. I was just like, mm. wow. Yeah. Anyways, Man. and then I have American Beauty by Grateful Dead. Yes. Um, that was kind of, that was one of the records that made classic, not classic, but country rock um, popular. It kind of mm-hmm. opened people's eyes. And, um, and then I also have All Things Must Pass by George Harrison, uh, one okay. of the fellow Beatles. Um, my favorite Beatle. I have A Farewell to Kings by Rush. Excellent album. Uh, Nashville Skyline by Bob Dylan. Fragile by Yes. Those are just some. Wow. I, I love that. And you, you cover a lot of like unique older music. And it's not just like the yeah. same couple of albums. Like you didn't say, oh, Led Zeppelin 4. Yeah. <laughs> that is a terrific album. Don't get me started it, on yeah, that one. It, it is a terrific <laughs> but, yeah. album. But I was terrific. expecting like, oh, some of that like surface level. But you were like, 
well, let me name some stuff that people might not know. Even if you yeah. think you're into classic <laughs> rock music, you probably aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Caleb, what, what would your favorite albums be? I feel a little, like, more tame. And <laughs> a lot of the music I like is, uh, probably my top album is Rare Americans 3, Jamesy Boy and the Screwloose Zoo. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love that album. Like, the first song that I heard from that album was Hey Sunshine. And, like, I just immediately was just like, this is the greatest album ever. Totally. Also, if you guys haven't heard of Rare Americans, you better stream them right now because they are fantastic. Please. Several like, Canadian dudes doing some good things. Yeah. Really bending the curve. What else? Uh, another artist that I enjoy their album from is uh, Jack Johnson's In Between Dreams. Mm. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just do one more. Uh, this one comes from Half Alive now not yet is like their debut album oh yeah okay Mm. that's that's actually a really good one i really enjoy their music it's really good what about you weston all right so this feels uh, again i feel like the oddball here because i'm less of an like out like listening to albums and artists and more like individual songs so like if i hear a song that i like i was like "Hmm, i'll just draft it into my favorites album yeah (laughs) and so i can't really say i have a favorite album (laughs) unless you count like soundtracks in which case it's like Either the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack or the Hamilton soundtrack. Those those are both really, really good yeah. musicals. I really enjoyed them. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, my favorite albums, number one, which I never thought it would be number one until I recently listened to it again, especially after I was, you know, in a really bad mood and I was just listening to, you know, music I would enjoy. And then I listened to Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Yes. Mm. I, That's a good one. I really... I loved the first song I ever heard of the album was Rehab, which is her number one. Try to make me go to rehab. <laughs> okay. I said yeah. no, no, no. Hit it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Thank you. That made my whole week. Yeah. <laughs> that made my whole week. But I really like um, like the song Love Is a Losing Game. I like yeah. You Know mm. No Good. Uh, I really like Wake Up Alone. I don't know why, but the little part where the music stops and she goes. And I wake up alone. It's nice. really oh, oh I love man. that. <laughs> Pulls at my heartstrings. And then on a more exciting note, I guess, Late Registration by Kanye West. Um, mm. That is his sophomore album. I loved it. It came out the year I was born. But nice. I still love it for what it's worth. And I also like Yay by Kanye West. That was his 2018 release. <laughs> Um, an album that I really do love that not a lot of people know about, but uh, me and Riley are pretty passionate about is Hawaii Part 2 by Miracle Musical. Mm, okay. It's it's heavily underrated, but it, it has produced some really, really good songs. And my last one is going to be Mad Villainy by MF Doom. And I think mm. that that honestly was a genre a bending album in terms of hip hop. A lot of people uh-huh. took inspiration from that, um, especially, you know, some of these new mainstreamers you're seeing, like, you know, your Kid Cudi, your Playboy Cardi, Lil Uzi, whatever. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of them, but his, their inspirations came from him. And like, even yeah. people like Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, you know, some of the bigs in the industry right now have said they absolutely love him. And rest in peace to MF Doom. All right, so All right. when you listen to music, where do you guys prefer to stream? I may feel a little out of place here, but I love to use YouTube music. Mm, okay. Like everyone else uses Spotify, Apple Music, mm-hmm. whatever you stream. Okay. But YouTube music, 
I constantly like to use that just because it's easy. Uh, their web UI is just super easy to learn, user-friendly. It just makes sense for me to use All it. Right. Yeah. Plus, you can get more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Eva? I don't really have a preferred, you know, streaming platform. I kind of just, whatever is available, I'll use, like, mm. I'll <laughs> right. just go on okay. YouTube, I'll search a video, or, you know, I yes. Spotify is good, anything. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, the Spotify. I like the ease of access. Mm. I also like the ability to listen on, like, several devices. So, like, I can play, you know, Spotify on my, you know, Amazon Fire Stick, or on my phone, laptop, laptop. whatever. Yeah. You know, with with like Apple Music and things like that, it's a little more. You have to kind of <coughs> work your way around. I feel like Spotify is really good for multiple platforms. Mm. What do you right. think? Definitely. Uh, personally, I tend to use, just use Apple Music because that's just what's natural on my phone. Okay. And uh, but I'm thinking I'm thinking of uh, getting Spotify and trying because like especially if I start someday decide to start uh, making my own music and putting it out there, I might want to get Spotify where more people might be. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm like Apple Music isn't a bad platform at all, yeah. but I I only prefer Spotify cuz I personally like the, you know, the friend system um, where you can see what other people are listening to, mm, okay. you can look at their That's playlists. always interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because sometimes like I'll spy. I'll be like yeah. checking in on my friends and they'll be listening to like hmm. Mitski or some really sad artist at like <clears throat> 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, That's Olivia okay. listening to you know, Taylor Swift on repeat for the fourth time in a row. And I'll just be like, hey, you good? Do you want to just talk about it? Just checking in. Okay. Also, also, I'm Do you sure need to you go to a hospital? Should we talk check. to somebody? No. <laughs> well, so on that note, since I, I understand that you aren't like big on platforms, do you like to collect music? I love mm. collecting music. I've been collecting vinyl. Well, first, to start with CDs. Right. Um, when I was about like 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of those. And then about maybe three years ago, I started collecting vinyl. I have 77 so far. Holy smokes. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. I have nine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have some. That's fine. Man. Um, That's a lot. Can I, like, so, come over? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, you want to borrow any? I, I got you. <laughs> I got you. Um, but, yeah, I love collecting, um, especially, like, the original pressings Ooh, of okay. them. That's that cool. is just... It's, it must be, like, an honor, almost. Yeah, it's like an honor. It's yes. like, wow, I own this. Like, I have a part this of history in my hands. Right. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I, that's love, awesome. I love to hear that. Um, Caleb, do you collect any music? Uh... I only have two uh, CDs that I've collected, uh, both Rare Americans Let's go. CDs. <laughs> They're all signed by all of the band members. Did you get um, the new album signed or Rare Americans 2? Uh, two and three are wow. both signed. I still okay. need to get Rare Americans That's awesome. My favorite of their albums is the first one, so I just got that recently on vinyl for <coughs> Christmas. Nice. But uh, I did get Rare Markets 2 signed as well because I really wanted to have like a signature because I've never like met an artist or mm. spoken to them. So that's the closest thing yeah. I'm going to get. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the closest. Uh, Weston, do you collect any? Um, not really. The only thing I can uh, remember is that I think I got two CDs uh, for my birthday or something. Uh, I, I remember one of them was 21 uh, from 21 Pilots. Let's go. But Which yeah. one? <laughs> Which one? I don't remember, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm not really as a enth I'm enthusiastic about like collecting music as some others maybe, but 
Yeah. I respect those who do, though. Yeah. Well, totally. I, w- I wish I had more money to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, um, it's quite an investment. It's, mm, yeah. it's one of the more um, expensive hobbies. <laughs> but if you're really, you really say. passionate, I, I think it's cool. Okay. So if you had to pick between five artists to define your music taste, who would they be? Caleb, go ahead. Oh, geez. You're kind of putting me in the spot. Uh, <laughs> half Alive. Okay. Rare Americans. Wow. I'm noticing a trend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, royalty. Hey, royalty. Yeah, stream his new album. Okay. Jack Johnson and the Ink Spots. Ever heard of them? Yes, I have heard of the Ink Spots. Mm, okay. Like classic, like soul. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Eve? Grateful Dead. Yes. Rush. Mm. Joni Mitchell. Yay. The Queen. <laughs> uh, Jefferson <Okay>. Airplane. <laughs> oh, wow. Beatles. Okay. Anything 60s or 70s, like any band, I don't care. She just hasn't left, guys. You know, she ne- she was never there, and she never left. So. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, for me, I would say Tyler, the Creator. Okay. Arctic Monkeys. Mm, Blue nice. Oyster Cult. Yes. Cage <laughs> the Elephant. And Alexander Ryback. Now, the last one, I, I assume that you guys probably don't know, but um, he's a Belarusian guy, and he's fantastic. I love foreign music but also i've been expanding my taste to like russian and french and spanish like the other day i heard this song called la Seine. fantastic so yeah 70s Hmm. french music absolutely (laughs) uh this this question is kind of uh sorry i I had to look over my notes again to uh, find the artist let's say some of the things i've already mentioned like uh, Magic Dragons, say Pentatonics, Owl City, um, Pasek and Paul, who was the people who wrote Dear Evan, Dear Evan Hansen. The last one I couldn't, I couldn't really think of as a thing, but I think an odd one, probably uh, Sting, I'd say. Oh, actually. yes. Okay. Way to break up the uh, the monotony here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I was like, does Weston just only listen to musicals? Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you though. Um, yeah. Some of the best songs of all time have come from like shows, like Rent, yeah. Fiddler on the Roof, definitely. This, okay, so this one I I've wanted to ask this question for a while because I am doing a New Year's resolution to listen to one album every single day. Okay. I'm still on that grind. So, do you have any unique <laughs> songs or albums you'd suggest? Ooh, okay. uh, Caleb, should we put you on the, the spot first again? Uh, no, let's. Okay. <laughs> All right. I have my list. See? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so Junta by Fish. Oh, we love mm. fish. I love fish. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> fish with a PH. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And then uh, Moving Pictures by Rush. Tom Sawyer is on that album. If you're looking for an album, that's like might be out of your comfort zone that has like four 20 minute songs on it. I recommend the the album Tales of Topographic Oceans by Yes. It's it's kind of be it's just beautiful. <laughs> Again, you know, if you want to listen to four 20 minute songs and like go through the whole thing, Definitely recommend wow. it. That reminds me of like in the court of the Crimson King. Yeah, oh. yeah, definitely like that kind like, of prog rock. It, yeah, it's okay. like every song is like five to twelve minutes long. It's like oh yeah. my gosh. Mm. We love prog rock, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a thing. It's just filibustering, but music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, another one. Blues for Allah by Grateful Dead. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, Caleb, since you've had ample time. You, yes. Just listen to. The upside. 
by royalty. That's right. Another shameless yep. plug. <laughs> yep. Shameless plug number nine? Wait. Oh, wait. Still, Somebody oh, keeping track? Nice. Somebody keep track? Yeah, it's um, probably nine. At yeah, probably nine. nine. Sounds like But, nine. I mean, another like, song that you've heard, obviously, uh, Wayne's World 2. Oh, that's a good one. The Wayne's World 2 is really funny. Please <laughs> listen to that song. It will not disappoint. Absolutely not. Okay. It does. Okay. What you got, Weston? <laughs> okay, so it's actually a very it's actually a, a, an obscure band called Ace of Hearts and uh, they they have they only have 3 albums and they're not very big albums it's uh they're called Monophobia Scorpion Queen and Silver Lining and uh, they're <laughs> yeah they're pretty obscure but I think uh, personally I I kind of like them they're kind of hidden gems for me oh. um especially Silver Lining okay and so I'd <laughs> I suggest you like try look, like I'm not one to judge uh, if a song is good or not, uh, but I think they're pretty good songs and you should definitely uh, try those out. Well for you guys I have 2020 by Dio. Dio is the okay. guy who plays Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Oh mm. really? Yeah, he produces oh. his own solo music. That album is, it's pretty short, but it has some really really good songs. Um, an album that reminds me of 1960s country rock that actually came out three years ago is called Pony by Orville Peck. Yeah, I'll have to um, listen to that one. I think I think Eva, I think you'd love it actually. Mm. For something that was created like in modern time, Orville Peck really took us back in time a little bit and has elements mm. of Johnny Cash or you know like I mentioned earlier, Glenn Campbell, even cool. like a little Tanya Tucker reference. You know, I, mm. I think that he really you, you know did a good job with that one. And then last one would be post punk psychedelic rock. Heaven or Las Vegas by the Cocteau mm, Twins. Okay. If you haven't heard of that album, it is really good. It's really ethereal. It's something you would listen to on like a night drive maybe, or like when the sun's going down. That's, yeah, definitely one of the better albums I've listened to. Oh, and nice. maybe if I had to name one more, I would say Ocean Rain by Echo and the Bunnymen. I thought that one was really good. A lot of 80s, you know, themes and elements. So if you like that stuff, that's something I'd suggest for you. So to move on, since you know we've been going on for quite some time, yeah, uh, I'm gonna ask only a couple more questions and then we will head out. What would your favorite cover someone has done of a song be? I quite enjoy uh, Grateful Dead's live version of Me and Bobby McGee. Yeah, I love it. Grateful Dead also covered the song Hard to Handle by Otis Redding, very Ooh. popular song. I love okay. Otis Redding, he's uh, great. I know, amazing. I also like Wooden Ships by Jefferson Airplane. It's originally a Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. Well, okay. that, thank you for all of those, actually, because I love I love listening to other artists do renditions of songs. Caleb, do you have any for us? I might get some hate for this, but the Africa cover by Weezer. Okay, actually, yes. I, I agree okay. with you. <laughs> that one was really good. I don't oh, know yeah. why. I mean, I've heard a lot of mixed opinions on it, but yeah. I personally found it like really good. I thought it was really good, too. I agree. Uh, what about you, Weston? I don't actually remember too, uh, listening to too many covers of, of songs, so I don't I don't think I can answer this question really. Well, uh, I would say uh, Lana Del Rey's cover of "Doing Time." Yeah, that's that's oh, a wait, good oh, one. I know my that I is thought good. Of that one has been um, playing on the radio a lot, and even my dad agrees that her version's actually probably better than the Sublime version. Uh, listen, you can't really, you can't really, you know, do better than the original, but I think she did a really good job in her okay. rendition. What do you think, Weston? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, I actually just remembered. So, Pentatonix does a lot of covers of songs. It's hard to name, a uh, it's not hard to name a specific song that's really good, but they, I, I just think their covers are really, really good. The acapella matches it with the song as well. Absolutely, I agree. Oh, and the last, um, person I'd suggest for this question would be Michael Bublé's version of Feeling Good by Nina Simone. Okay. 
I, it, you know, it's my favorite cover someone's ever done of a song, but it's not my favorite version because Nina Simone's version mm. was fantastic and I don't think can be replaced. So I think we're going to go into our last question since we've been, you know, going on and on about all the wonders of the music mm -hmm. world. Last thing, what do you think is a highly underrated genre of music? Highly underrated, underrated. I would say... Minecraft music. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for Minecraft that. Yeah, music I would agree, is rated. <laughs> it's rated. Okay, you know what, that's, that fair. Over? that's fair. That's I would say jazz. Jazz has influenced oh, yeah. so everything, much. you know, rock and Definitely. To, uh, especially to where we are today. Just like 50s and 60s jazz is, I've been listening to it a lot lately and mm. I really appreciate it. Prog rock, progressive rock. I still think prog rock holds a lot of influence today. It doesn't get enough credit and recognition that it does, that it should deserve. Yeah. And then also classical music. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't know why it's so hated. No, no. I mean, it's. I think people. I think most people just kind of hear the word classical music and they think, oh, fancy rich person music. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's so boring. But yeah. actually, it can be fire. It's the yeah. opposite because <laughs> it is though. It is fire because oh, yeah, fire. because you know Thanks, it. it <laughs> It's to me classical music isn't boring. It's actually the opposite because mm. you never know where it's same with jazz. You never know where it's going to go. Actually right. with all of these genres, classical, jazz and prog rock, it takes you in so many different di directions. Yeah. It's very interesting to me. Yeah. I'm just going to mention uh, there's one there's one uh, video game Mario Galaxy. Actually a lot of the a lot of the music is classical. And I was gonna say, Gusty Garden Galaxy, it's like, mwah. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I think the blues is really underrated. Oh, yeah. I just don't think it's like brought mm. to people's attention enough. Everyone's Definitely. just like, oh, there's like rap, and there's like pop music, mm -hmm. and there's like rock yeah. music. And then they're like, that's it. That's all, that's all the music that exists. Um, but blues is like BB King, Etta James, yeah. even a little bit of like Eric Clapton's like solo mm. work can be considered yeah. the blues. Things that have a lot of soul and a lot of personality, but also come from one of the darkest times in history. Yeah. Really important to look back on. Sometimes in uh, the darkest times, you get the best music. Well, that's oh. true. Howlin' Wolf. Most giant. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh. Oh, what do you think, Caleb? Alternative funk. Oh, okay. Mm. Where it's more like, uh, it's really hard to explain. Can you name some like, example? Uh, Still Feel by Still Half feel. Alive. Mm. It's got okay. a lot of sound that you hear in jazz music, I and mean, then you hear a lot of like, themes from alternative music right. and they just kind of slap it together to create this really chaotic concoction but <laughs> it's really pleasing to hear are you familiar with mm. wolfpack i haven't heard of them actually wolfpack is like a modern funk group but they are really really good i think to mm. anybody who's out there looking to just like try new genres and then like check out new artists uh wolfpack mm. it's spelled with a v so that is actually all of our questions for you guys yeah. today it Thank is. you so much Thank for you being for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having yes. us. Thank, Thank you, you for, for being a lovely co-host. And a final yeah. shameless plug: listen to the Upside by Royalty. Listen ten, to number ten. The Upside the by Royalty. The magic number. The magic number. Three. Hopefully, I'll be getting my oh, well, music out there soon, which I know I will be. Look, look out for, for it. What, look do you have a stage lives. name, or do you just go by Eva? No, I just call me Eva for now. That's right. Yeah. I guess. That's right. right we'll be on lookout for that. And eventually, they'll call you Miss Y if you're nasty. <laughs> all right all right and that's that's thank it. you for joining us today thank and you. this was the bullseye Ooh, where's the clap where's the, where's the... Ooh. only i did the clap <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, now we're all doing the cloud. Like those monkeys with the... <laughs> Suck it, Ethan. <laughs> At night, I'm sure everyone will know is sick of me. Don't lie to the breeze. I think I'm tired of you. I'm wholly out my mind. Floating around without blind. Every step I take, I feel weightless. This time I realize I don't have a plan. I don't know if I can take this. Please be patient with the spaceman.